You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Special guest today doing a little crossover with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes, a pair of new Buckeyes on the roster. One, the big one, the running back, Trey Sermon, who the 49ers traded up to select in round three of the 2021 NFL Draft. And then after the draft, signing undrafted free agent linebacker Justin Hilliard. So we're going to chat it up about those guys, what caused Justin Fields to fall a little bit in the draft, how Jay thought about those college quarterbacks transitioning into the pros. And I want to talk a little bit more about some of the other undrafted free agents, especially the hybrid safety linebackers, Hufanga, the late fifth rounder, Hilliard, undrafted free agent, and Elijah Sullivan, another undrafted free agent linebacker that might have a nice little training camp competition. But now let's get to Jay Stevens and talk about the newest former Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm happy you're here. I'm very excited. I, was, I do a show with uh, Ben Stevens every single Monday, and he said you were going to be on his show. I think it was last week, yeah. the week before. So I was like, man, well, he got Brian. I got to reach out to him as well. <laughs> and Brian, this draft was interesting for certain Ohio State players. Some fell. Some went higher than expected. But then there are some that I think, when you think of a Trey Sermon, he went to a perfect spot for him, his skill set, and what that team has. When you first heard, well, when you heard that the, the 49ers were going to draft Trey Sermon, what went into your mind? Oh, it was a few things. First of all, when it comes to the NFL, which is obviously different than the college level, running back value is a little bit lower. And I was thinking, oh, no, Shanahan's going to move up for another running back because he did that in their first draft in 2017. They went up in the in the fourth round to get uh, uh, now I can't remember his name because he never played in the NFL. Uh, Williams. I'm blanking on his name out of Utah. He bounced around to a couple different colleges, had some you know character issues, quit on his team in college. They traded up to get him because Shanahan loved his tape. He's like, this is my guy. I won't be able to sleep if we don't draft this guy. And he never played a snap in the NFL. And I was like, oh, no, Shanahan's got another pet project. They just they just let him trade three first round picks to go get Trey Lance in the first round. They're moving up again now to, to let him go get a running back. So Shanahan gets to use all the draft picks he wants on whatever he, he needs, which is, you know, good and bad in a lot of cases. But, um, when they moved up to get Trey Sermon, I thought, wow, okay, first of all, not a need. I did not expect them to be targeting a running back early and to be spending resources on it because they had a pretty full running back room already. They had Raheem Mostert, who's one of the fastest dudes in the NFL and, and leads the league in, yards per carry under Kyle Shanahan but you know he's got some injury history and may not be a bell cow type of a back and then you know there's some solid depth on the roster they just added Wayne Gallman I thought it's pretty full room I, I don't see running back being a pick but then as soon as they move up and draft a guy and you draft a running back in the third round I mean in the NFL that's a starting that's where you draft starting running backs and Trey Sermon obviously has a nice resume and is a fantastic player. And he's very different than what the 49ers have had recently. And when you see Shanahan go up to get someone like Trey Sermon, you realize, okay, he wants the bell cow. He wants the guy that has a little bit more size, six feet, 215, that can maybe carry the load a little bit more and maybe puts them in better down and distance situations. Then you can hit some home runs with some faster running backs and do what you need to do in the passing game as well. And on top of it, adding a big guard in Aaron Banks in round two and another guard on day three and another running back, it's pretty clear that you draft a young quarterback and you want to help him by protecting him with your offensive line, tons of resources spent there in free agency and now in the draft. 
and you want to be able to run the football to protect your young quarterback as well. So once you saw the entire draft finish, you realize, okay, the 49ers are going to do everything they can to protect their investment and allow their 20-year-old quarterback in Trey Lance to develop slowly behind a really good offensive line and a good running game. You know, when I was thinking about Trey Sermon, where he could go, I didn't have really have a team he could go to. The one knock I had was just his injury history, injury concern, going from his days at Oklahoma, really kind of getting slow and recovering early on preseason at Ohio State, and then broken collarbone, I believe, in the national championship game. I was kind of worried about saying his injury history was going to be why he fell. But then at the same time, I was kind of excited for whoever he went to because he doesn't have the normal wear and tear of your starting running back. At Oklahoma, he wasn't he didn't have all the carries, 250, 300 carries that some guys get in college. Ohio State split time with Master Teague latter part of the season. You saw him kind of take over as RB1 and played phenomenal down the stretch. But then now you think about 40, the 49ers, this could have been a better spot for him to go to because he won't be asked to, to start and take on a bulk of the carries as soon as he goes there and starts playing football. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think it's going to be it's going to frustrate fantasy football players, for, for one, because uh, you want a Shanahan running back, but there's not going to be a clear leader there in carries and touches for that backfield. But Trey Sermon doesn't have to jump in and be the number one guy. He can be sort of the bigger back and a chain-moving type of running back and, and come in slowly, and he might even be the fourth running back on day one and have to climb that depth chart and pass up Gallman, who's more of a passing down back. And pack, and actually the guy who who has the closest similarity to him on the roster is, uh, is a guy who's played really well for the 49ers, and he's been somebody that is, you know, behind Mostert, has been someone that is like, runs angry, has some size, and is more of a player that that really if you are if you're if you are trying to put together I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. If you're trying to put together a depth chart and you're trying to say, okay, this is how we want to draw it up. We've got this guy who's small and fast and this guy who's big but maybe slower and how are we trying to to try to divvy up the carries in this offense. I think Raheem Mostert's earned the right, even though he's proven he's probably not going to be someone who's going to get the the full load of carries. He's just such a dynamic freak and can hit these home runs. And he's going to be the the one the, the number one back. But I think he's going to be a 1A, 1B, maybe 1C situation. And uh, the guy who's probably closest stylistically to Trey Sermon is Jeff Wilson. Runs angry, similar six you know, six feet tall, 210 pounds, 215, and can be a hammer, but has some pretty good feet, can give you a little something in the passing game, and is a solid one-two there with Mostert. And it's interesting because the two players the 49ers drafted, Trey Sermon and then Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana, are, again, similar to those two guys, where you have Sermon, who's the bigger back, but still has good feet, can still do some other things for you in your offense, isn't just a, you know, an early down plotter or anything, and then you have the faster 4-3 guy in Elijah Mitchell that you drafted in the third round that can be a home run hitter, but also can bring a little thump as well, and isn't just, you know, a diminutive little guy, so um, when it all comes together, it's going to be some obvious training camp battles for the order that these guys line up in the depth chart, but I think when you look ahead at Mostert in the last year of his contract, uh, Jeff Wilson entering the, the last year of his contract, I can I think they'll be the two main contributors, and Sermon's going to have to fight for those carries and be the three, then maybe jump up and be the two, then maybe eventually be the one maybe next year, and you see Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon then in, in, in a very similar type of role, but maybe flipped, 
having Sermon the one, Elijah Mitchell being the two, if they don't bring those guys back. So they're very similar stylistically to the two guys the 49ers have at the top of their depth chart right now. So it's going to be fun in training camp to see how, see, first of all, who makes the roster because, and they also had the undrafted free agent last year, Jamichael Hasty. So there's a ton of guys that could actually contribute to this team. And there's been a ton of injuries on this roster. The 49ers want to make sure they've got healthy running backs and they want to be able to run the football. I think that's clear. And any of these guys are capable. I'm curious. You mentioned the injury history and it was already on my mind. Are you worried about the injury history that Sermon has that he's bringing to San Francisco? Almost every other player the 49ers drafted this year has almost near perfect injury history, right? Uh, Aaron Banks, the second round pick, hadn't missed a game in I think his entire college career and uh, just rock solid. And so maybe they felt, okay, we like Sermon enough. We're, we're not going to worry too much about the injuries here just because we know that running backs get hurt and we're just going to have five of them and we're going to be okay because we're going to have a healthy back because we're just going to have we're going to keep as many as we can on the roster and he's too talented for us to pass but it was a surprise it was a surprise because of how deep the roster is and it was a surprise because of his injury history that the 49ers went down that route because man uh and in John Lynch even said after the draft that they absolutely changed their philosophy in the draft as far as injuries the types of injuries and maybe that's part of it where it doesn't seem like an injury history that will linger and follow him into the NFL maybe that's part of it as well but they did change their philosophy on how they evaluate injured players coming from the college to the pros. And they really had no choice other than to do that because they've just been demolished by injuries recently. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. I'm curious as well for those Buckeye fans that don't know about the Kyle Shanahan offense or the running style or the running game that the 49ers have. Could you explain the running style and also how Trey Sermon fits into what the 49ers do on offense? Yeah, and I, I don't watch a ton of college football. Every time I watch college football, it's almost always through the lens of, okay, who in this game is going to play in the NFL? And I've kind of got my scout hat on when I watch college football. I don't have a lot of time to watch on Saturdays. It's like my one day off during the week, and my wife is like, no, come on. There's got to be one day where there's no football, no podcast. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, well, I guess Saturday is the only day. So I don't get to watch as much college football as I used to, but I know there's a lot of zone concepts in uh, the Buckeyes offense. And when you look at the pro football focus grades and Trey Sermon graded out very well on zone runs. And, and that's Kyle Shanahan's bread and butter is that, that wide zone, that stretch zone. And you get everybody moving one way and you find that one cut, that one hole and the running back hits it. And that's why those running backs with speed, it tends to be a big play running game for the 49ers because they can hit those home runs and then you can work counters off of that. You can work the play action boot game off of that. And that's just been the Kyle Shanahan staple and, you know, that that zone running scheme dating back to uh, his father, Mike Shanahan, as well. And the thing that impressed me about Trey Sermon, he doesn't have that top end speed. I think he ran maybe a four six at his pro day and he still rips off some pretty big runs and he's dynamic in a short area for a big man. He's got great feet. He's got flexible ankles you know he's got he can dip his hips low to the ground he had a really good 10 yard split on his 40 yard dash and so I think that's one of the keys the 49ers run game has been a big play run game but I think they wanted to add more of an element of a chain moving run game too because at times they've made big plays and their yards per carry is great but they haven't really rolled through first downs as much as an offense as I think they want to going forward. So I think that was a big key with bringing in a running back like Trey Sermon and some of the running and some of the offensive linemen they've brought in as well who are zone fits but maybe a bigger, more powerful to be better in those short yardage situations as well. All right, more with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes on this Ohio State 49ers crossover episode. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced 
limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful this Mother's Day. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Now that the NFL draft is over, you can go find win totals at betonline.ag. How did teams improve? Do you think a certain team's chances to win the Super Bowl next year have changed? Win some money on it at betonline.ag. They've also got some fresh odds on Offensive Rookie of the Year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, second, tied with Trey Lance. Kind of like Zach Wilson at 7-1. to one. Kyle Pitts, 11-1 to one on the defensive side for Rookie of the Year next season. Micah Parsons leads that at 4-1. to one. Jalen Phillips, 7-1. to one. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan at 10-1, to one, along with Zayvon Collins. And the second rounder, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion, 12-1 to one odds. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, Table Games, Poker. All you got to do to get involved in the action is head to the website at betonline.ag or the mobile app. Use promo code LOCKEDON when signing up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Not only did the 49ers get Sermon, that was the only draft pick that the 49ers had, they also got a guy in Justin Hilliard, undrafted free agent, you talk about an injury history, man, <laughs> injured, injury after injury after injury. And I was just, I think I saw that he got a pretty, well, hefty, undrafted free agent contract that he got. I don't know the, all the numbers to it, but I did see something on Twitter saying that this was pretty hefty for undrafted free agents. I am just curious, and my hope, now this may just be the Ohio State guy, this may be the human in me. I hope the injury concerns are behind him and he can just play football but with a guy like that having that history, yeah, he had some flashes on some good plays this past season, but it wasn't consistent because he wasn't the starting linebacker. He only got to start or play due to an injury or to COVID concerns because players couldn't play. So I'm curious how year one might go for him. I'm expecting a lot of special teams from Justin Hilliard. I'm not sure what you're expecting from him in year one in San Fran. Yeah, that absolutely. Special teams for sure. He's not going to be on the roster if he's not playing special teams. And I know he's been a core special teamer, and I think that's what he's going to have to do. And he has the – I think he has the right temperament. Like this guy, the, I I hadn't watched much of Justin Hilliard until the 49ers signed him as an undrafted free agent. And I was like, okay, well, he has a motor at least. He's nonstop all the time. And uh, absolutely he's going to have to make the team – as a special teams player, and you might have to go to the practice squad first if he sticks on the roster, but they liked him enough. Yeah, you're right. They gave him a $30,000 bonus, and I think they guaranteed $95,000 of his contract as well, which is, you know, it's not nothing, but they actually gave almost the identical guarantees to another linebacker, uh, uh, Elijah Sullivan as well, who's another maybe little undersized linebacker. So the, he's got his, he's got his work cut out for him because that was another undrafted free agent, and then they signed uh, Hufanga from, or they drafted Hufanga in the sixth round from USC, who's maybe a bigger safety. And I wonder if all those guys are fighting for the same roles. 
core special teams player, maybe big nickel linebacker, someone who's not counted on as a starting style linebacker, but someone who can play on third downs, someone who can bring energy, someone who can play in a dime linebacker type of a role. So I think that's the style of player they're looking for. And there's going to be a ton of competition at the bottom of the roster for that type of player. And with Hilliard, it's really unfortunate with his injuries. I'm sure he would have been, you know, a much bigger contributor to Ohio State and probably drafted if it wasn't for all those injuries. But that's frightening. I think it was two or maybe even three biceps, right? Both biceps I were ruptured. I'm pretty sure it was two. At some point. And then an Achilles and a meniscus. Mm-hmm. And you can see why maybe his athleticism isn't what it once was as a as a five-star recruit. I think he ran a 4.840, and he's undersized as it is, 6 feet, 229 pounds. But he's shaped a lot like, and when you see a style of play, really reminded me of a guy that they hit who's a starting linebacker now a couple of years ago in the draft, Dre Greenlaw uh, out of Arkansas. Dre Greenlaw is similarly shaped and, and has that same temperament. So I see a lot of him in that and I think if he can be over his injuries he can absolutely carve out a little role with the 49ers first on special teams and maybe working in but uh, I liked even though he's not super athletic I like the way he plays on third downs he can rush a little bit at the senior bowl he was really good in one-on-ones beating guys to the quarterback beating running backs in pass protection he can cover a little bit had a nice interception I think it was against Northwestern I saw mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. he's a good player and brings a lot of energy and the the injuries were unfortunate I saw a crazy note and you could probably talk about this he was a five-star coming in to Ohio State right and ranked ahead of in the same recruiting class Joe Burrow and Denzel Ward that's that's crazy. Like that's big time talent coming into college. That is, that is insane. I know Joe Burrow uh, coming in out of high school. I know he was a two sport athlete, basketball, football. Um, was a good quarterback. And I uh, went back. I didn't really. I didn't watch a, a whole lot of film from him in high school. But his numbers jump off the charts. So Hilliard being ranked higher than them two. That's that's crazy to think about. And just seeing what those two did in college, the um, um, Burrow and then Ward, then what they're doing now in the NFL. It's just amazing to think about. Um, that little uh, little jump that happened when one guy fell due to injury, the other two's careers just jumped up. Yeah, ended up being top five picks in the NFL draft, one number one overall, so that's fascinating. And I'm always blown away by that, by how y- and you have a guy on the opposite end of the spectrum, Trey Lance, the team's trading up to the number three pick to draft a guy that couldn't even go play quarterback at his home state. Minnesota football team had to go to FCS school just to play quarterback. And then you have guys who are five-star recruits that fall through the cracks, that get hurt, or they're just bad, don't have you know the work ethic for it. So it's pretty amazing. And you see it in the NFL draft as well. Some guys go undrafted, become stars. Some guys get drafted late, become stars. Some guys get drafted number one overall and bust and are out of the league in a couple of years. So it's fascinating, and it's really just a testament. And I think it's one of the really cool things about Justin Hilliard. It's a great lesson that you know to persevere through all that. You never know. Well, and Trey Lance, too. You never know what other people are going to think about you. You never know what your path is going to take. But both of those guys, it ended very differently, but they came out the other side. And I think it bodes well for them in the NFL. Absolutely. I know you uh, know off air, you mentioned some things about Justin Fields and maybe a Trey Lance little connection. I know you had a couple thoughts or maybe you wanted to throw my way about the Fields quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And 49ers fans are going to be listening to this as well. And I'm sh- and a lot of them were really into Fields. And I had Fields just a little bit over Trey Lance. And I, I like Trey Lance a lot. And I thought he was the next guy if it wasn't going to be Fields for the 49ers with the third pick in the draft. But seeing him fall out of the top 10, his tape looked like he was going to be a top 10 lock to me. Just too much talent. His downfield accuracy with his arm is just wow. He's a 4-4 guy. He seems like a leader. His competitive toughness, seeing the way he uh, stayed in the game and beat Clemson. Like, 
talent through the roof. I'm wondering if you have insight and if you were surprised to see him slide a little bit and surprised that he wasn't one of the top three picks in the draft. Absolutely. The the noise and the talk leading up to the draft saying it was going to be Lawrence one, Wilson two, Lance or Jones three. I, I get all of the talk. I don't know where the whole Zach Wilson love came from. I, I, I have no idea. Uh, Mac Jones, it makes a whole lot of sense for him to be a really good quarterback based off how the Alabama offense ran last year. The offense looked a whole lot better to me than it did under Tua the previous what, couple years. So there were some things I like about Mac Jones, but people are just forgetting the kind of quarterback Justin Fields is. There are knocks in his game. Myself, personally, I had him very close with Trey Lance, I think Trey Lance processes things very, very quickly at an elite level, and which is why he played at North Dakota State, a powerhouse in the FCS level, and so it made a whole lot of sense. I can't, I can't stay home. How about I go one level down to the very best school that's putting guys into the NFL, and net, lo and behold, number three overall pick. So Buckeye fans, they all fall in love. Fields is going to be this. Fields is going to be that. I don't like to predict what's going to happen because – Guys haven't played a game at that level yet. So me saying, well, he's going to be a day one starter or he's going to do this his rookie year. I back away from those com- those conversations because myself, I don't feel comfortable projecting what they haven't done at that level just yet. Give me two or three years. I'll tell you how I think Phil's career might go down the road. But I do understand why Fields did it, why Fields went after Lance. I didn't think he was going to be the number 11 overall pick. I thought top 10 for sure. I projected the Patriots moving up into the top 10 to get him. That didn't happen. The Bears moved up to get Phil's at 11. So I was kind of curious. I was kind of – didn't make sense. The whole fall didn't make sense because you look at a lot of big boards, he's number three or number four, and then he's falling to 11. I think a lot of smart people are overthinking what Phil's career might be. Was there any other off-field stuff, any rumors around campus, anything that was beyond football – scouting that maybe could have caused him to fall a little bit because there there seemed to be some stuff out there and I was like I, I don't know this guy seems like a leader seems like uh, he was fighting for his entire conference to even have a season he seemed like absolutely the the type of character that you would want on your football team was is there anything out there that you've heard that maybe could be part of the reason why he fell you know, Brian, I've been asking myself that question, asking if there's anything else that I've heard that makes sense. Anything they're saying, um, articles or TV or radio, that makes sense as far as not. No, I haven't. I have not found anything. You knock his work ethic. Ryan Day goes against that. Um, you are you knock his leadership. Talk to his teammates. Talk to his coaches. Um, family upbringing. From what I have read, he comes from a very solid family. Um, dad, I think, was former military, so he has a military esque style of raising his kids which is why I think Justin Fields is the leader and the competitor that he is because his dad's like, look, no matter what happens, you got to keep fighting. You got to keep going. And we saw that in the Clemson game, national semifinal, one big hit, big blow. And Justin Fields, we saw what the what he did after that. So no, a lot of the knocks that I personally had, I didn't hear those from a lot of people. So I don't understand the slide. And when you can't test medicals in your normal way, Maybe something could have come up medically, but you couldn't test it your your traditional way. So I don't know what it was. I just think that some executives were kind of saying things to try to get Fields to fall. Probably fell, and there may be guys that were like, "Well, I wanted Fields, but they said this." We're going to find out very soon if what was said is true or false. Yeah, the Chicago Bears were out there saying, uh, probably saying most of it, right? And it's like, "Hey, look, look who <laughs> fell. Look who's actually 
squeaky clean off the field and fell to us at pick 11 and we went up and got him perfect so no that's awesome I, and this class is going to be fascinating kind of like it was in the 2018 draft to see where all five of these first round picks end up in their careers and how they play and who plays well early and I'm sure someone's going to look bad early and be great later and it might be uh, the opposite for some other players so a fascinating class a fascinating draft super fun and yeah it was awesome chatting with you and getting to know some of these Buckeyes players a little bit better Yes, sir, Brian, it has been. If you could, let Buckeye fans know where they can connect with you via social media and then listen to your shows as well. Absolutely, yeah. I'm at BD Peacock on Twitter. You can find Locked On 49ers daily in all your podcast apps. You can also find the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Me and former NFL scout Matt Williamson are doing a daily podcast on the entire NFL, all right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Buckeye fans, 49ers fans, you guys can also follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. That is Stevens with the PH. Jay, pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for joining me here on Locked On 49ers. And going to continue next with how Hilliard especially fits in with this undrafted free agent class, this small undrafted free agent class, some battles for the bottom of the roster. And one player I haven't talked a lot about that the 49ers selected in the sixth round, Talanoa Hufanga from USC next. I really love when things are made easy for me like they are at rockauto.com because I like to be a do-it-yourselfer with a lot of things in life, not the greatest when it comes to cars. It's amazing because you can find everything you need so easily. It's a no-nonsense website at rockauto.com. Find exactly what you need. Know that the prices are going to be low and they always reliably are. Was it a rough winter on your vehicle? You need some new wiper blades. You need uh, a new tail lamp. You need new tires. Whatever you need. Jumper cables, big parts, small parts, engine control modules, whatever those are. They have them at rockauto.com for your specific car or truck. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we talked a lot about Justin Hilliard there, undrafted free agent linebacker out of Ohio State with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. And I want to highlight the other linebacker signed as an undrafted free agent, Elijah Sullivan from Kansas State. And are they competing with sixth round safety Talanoa Hufanga from USC, and I think they might be. So six feet, 229 is what Hilliard weighs in at. He ran a 4'8", not great. We highlighted his injury history there, but bring some things to the table you like as well. Hufanga, the sixth-round pick from USC, he only weighs in 199 pounds at six feet tall, ran a 4'6", 340-yard dash, and when I watched him play, when he's in deep safety, he just he can't get to the sideline. I just don't think he's a safety. He doesn't have that type of athleticism. He's a lot better in the box. He's a lot better, I think, in short area quickness. Maybe his speed would play up. He looked bigger at USC, too. I wonder, and we might find this out, we might not, but I wonder if he maybe played a little bit heavier in college and tried to drop weight so he could improve his 40 time, improve he was going to be a safety in the NFL, and maybe he didn't improve his 40 time, or who knows, maybe he did. And But at 199, so 6 feet 199, that's corner size, but he has linebacker athleticism. And there were times when I saw his lack of athleticism the more I watched him, and I wanted to go back and watch him 
of all the later guys a little bit more. I wanted to watch him more first because my initial response on Twitter, uh, a lot of people got mad about it. And some people thought maybe I wasn't giving him enough credit for his athleticism and the, the type of playmaker he was at USC and that he could stick and he's going to be a really good player for the 49ers. But my initial thoughts watching him, uh, the more I watched him, the more it was sort of solidified for me. And I just don't know what the position is for Hufanga. I think he has to make the team absolutely at special teams, and I think he could do that. And I like the way he plays. He plays 100% all the time. He does make plays. He's a he's a baller for sure. But a lack of athleticism, I don't think I want him in coverage, covering tight ends and covering running backs out of the backfield all that much. So even as a dime linebacker, I don't know if he's the, the best fit. If he bulks up, is he going to get slower? Or will he maintain his athleticism? Maybe he's already playing at 2'5", 205, 210, something like that. Maybe you can put another 5, 10, 10 pounds on him. And now you're talking about a hybrid linebacker player that I could see having a little bit more of a role on the defense if he maintains the athleticism he does have. Because he does make a lot of plays. He uh, he misses some tackles, maybe over-aggressive even at times. But, you know, that's okay. He can clean some of that stuff up. I like the, I'd like. i rather have a player who's aggressive and misses some tackles than is completely passive, right? So I think special teams is a great spot for him. I think he's wired that way. And he even talked about it after the draft that he's all about it and he's going to earn a job on special teams. So that's very good to hear. And, and that helps his ability to make the team. But I wonder if, and maybe Marcel Harris, who we saw play a little bit of that hybrid role last year, who is a strong safety type, who's not going to be starting. Maybe it's a battle between Hufanga and Marcel Harris and maybe even Justin Hilliard. And the other undrafted free agent who, to be honest, between Hufanga, Hilliard, and this guy, Elijah Sullivan, linebacker out of Kansas State, who was kind of right in the middle of the two size-wise, six feet. They're all exactly like six feet and three-eighths. He's 215 pounds, ran a four six forty. I I think I might like Elijah Sullivan the most. And again, he's caught in between that safety linebacker size, but I think he can play just strictly linebacker. I think he hits big for a smaller linebacker. I think he plays fast. I think he absolutely has that same profile of someone who could be a special teams demon as he tries to work his way onto the defense. So I think this is going to be a fun training camp battle and not one that everyone's going to be watching. But if they are going to start using maybe a little bit more of a dime linebacker role, uh, who that last linebacker slash safety is that makes the roster... I think it's going to be a battle. Marcel Harris, Hufanga, the undrafted guys in Hilliard and Sullivan all play with a certain amount of intensity, all play with a high motor, and they're all players that probably don't profile as pure linebackers every now. They don't profile as strong safeties and someone you want playing the deep half necessarily and definitely not someone you want playing the deep middle but they all can make plays in their own right, and they're all very interesting players there. So uh, I just wanted to talk about those guys and highlight those players a little bit, and I think that's going to be a fun bottom-of-the-roster training camp battle. And there's still a a couple of other guys on the 49ers that are going to be in the mix for that same spot, right? Uh, There has been, for a couple of years on the roster, Demetrius Flanagan-Foles, a former college safety, although he had more length more room to grow into a linebacker I think if one of these guys if they want him to play strong safety I mean Hufanga's got the only is the only one that's got a shot to play actual safety maybe he could overtake a Marcel Harris 
those yeah those guys are gonna be battling for a roster spot maybe jaron maiden even getting in on it the the strong safety from alabama who was a good player i thought he's a really good pickup as a free agent last year going back and look at a lot of these guys i looked at hilliard before i chatted with jay today i looked at ufanga a lot and i went and i was watching them all back to back elijah sullivan popped a little bit more to me than the others. I don't know. Maybe if I went back again and watched them all tomorrow, I'll feel differently about them. Who knows? But fun little group there. And interesting to me that they have some of those hybrid players and more than one of them now. I feel like that's just a legitimate position on the defense potentially this year for the 49ers. We'll find out. But maybe they just want small linebackers and it doesn't matter you know what their what their weight is that's that could be a thing too all right good stuff thanks everybody for listening thanks again to jay for joining the show and we'll come back with some more of your questions i promise tomorrow with another winky wednesday talk to you then right here locked on 49ers